Alrighty. Welcome back to the blue... T- how oh, my tongue is all tied. Welcome back to the Blue Collar Talk Show. It's, uh, it is, it is Monday and it is just as smoky as a day is long outside. The COVID is running rampant. The whole world's on fire. But you know what? We're humans and we're going to kick back and we're going to relax to, uh, some ear candy. A nice podcast for the day. Uh, about the blue-collar lifestyle. So yet again, I'm interviewless, which is unfortunate, uh, but I'm going to start reaching out to some people here pretty soon. Um, And we're going to start trying to get people on the show so that they can chit-chat and they can tell their points of view and what working in the blue-collar life is like. That could be retail, that could be semi-truck driving, that could be the military, uh, lower level military guys, you know, it could be teachers because teachers got it rough, man. It could be, uh, I mean, I could even, I could even go for interviewing some, some registered nurses or, you know, talking to people who, who, who care for the elder and the mentally, uh, the mentally, uh, disabled, um, trying to find the right word there. Uh, for all of you out there that are listening to this, you know, just, just a, just a little nugget of wisdom, um, or, or more so appreciation. I, I want to let you all know that, you know, if you're not, if you're not these, these, these tech billionaires, you know, you, you, you are the blue collar. You make it run so the billionaires can make the money. And you are appreciated uh, by me. You know, you are appreciated by others. And, and if you're not, well, th- just ignore those people because they don't know, you know. Um, today, I wanted to talk about some of the seedier walks of life that came through my store and boy howdy are there many now on there's two sides of this coin right we're gonna talk about junkies we're gonna talk about druggies today and there's two sides of the coin to these people now these people i feel bad for them hear me out because they are a victim of a crisis that was created by american pharmaceutical companies and if we had seen what these big companies were up to in the early 2000s, I think that we could have put a stop to the opioid epidemic that we have in this country. By the way, in case you hadn't realized, there's more than one epidemic happening right now, huh? It's, uh, it's going to be okay, though. Like I said, humans were resilient and we'll get through it. Now... The problem I have is that I feel bad for them because I don't think that they get the necessary cure for themselves. They don't, they don't get the rehabilitation that they deserve and that they need. They get a really shitty form of it that allows for a revolving door society so that these rehabilitation clinics can keep taking money from, from, from the people. Uh, from the insurance companies. And that makes it tricky. Again, it makes me feel kind of bad for them. On the opposite side of the coin, 
You know, there's that part of me that says, you know, you should have known. As soon as they said, well, this is a morphine derivative called fentanyl or a morphine derivative called Vicodin. And we're going to prescribe it to you hand over fist. But don't worry, it's non-addictive. It makes me question, how were we not smart enough to say, so you mean to tell me that an opioid isn't fucking addictive? It doesn't make sense to me, you know? So I kind of get that, that first hit mentality. And they were dealing it to people, I'm sorry, did I say dealing? The pharmaceutical companies were selling it to people for for profit, and they lied, and here we are today, right? And in all of this, it ties back into my experience in retail. So the store I worked at is right up the street from a methadone clinic. Not only that, I happen to live in a city that's been graced by the good nature of the federal government to, instead of take care of the problem, put it right out in the open. We have needle exchanges. Yay! So glad they're not passing around the AIDS, you know? So glad they're not passing around blood-borne diseases. We have free injection sites that are in the public so that these people can go run and run and shove off in a bush somewhere, and here we fucking are just, we're paying for it. The taxpayer, right? It's, it's tricky. It's a really tough situation, you know? And, uh, The hardest part for me is when these people would come into my store and they would steal my store's shit and just walk right on out. Not have to pay a fucking thing, go sling their stuff, go pick up their smack or their, or their, uh, their, their, their crystal and, uh, just carry on with the day. It made it hard because, you know, as somebody who not only worked there, it's like, it's not fair. I have to slave 20 to 40 hours a week to get my, you know, my nice shit. And, and you, you just get to walk right out the fucking door with it for free. I gotta pay taxes or, you know, every paycheck to a government that clearly doesn't give a fuck about me. But you, you, you just get to live off of the government for free. Like this is, this is tricky. And, and again, it's like, it's not that I don't feel bad for these people. I totally do. But at the same time, it creates a little ire because the situation is just unfair. I can carried on trying to be, you know, a decent person trying to stay away from the, from the drugs. Um, and, and, and here, here, this person is getting to make all these mistakes. So I guess, I guess we should get into some of the stories about some of these finer individuals. A uh, guy very, 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 very strung out has just a, just two shopping carts just filled with shit. We're talking at least three grand worth of stuff here. Um, mostly home electronics and, uh, and clothes, you know, these are high ticket items. These are things that just grow legs and walk right out, right out of the store. And they always pick the best time. They always know when the asset protection is there and when they, they aren't, you know, and there's nothing as an associate that I can do because, well, the, 
the, the company that I worked for, they do love to tie our hands behind our backs and say, you can't do anything but give great customer service. And the reason for that is because they don't want me harmed on their dime. Again, it's tricky because it makes sense, but it's like, you want to stop these people. But you don't want to lose your job in the process, and that's just how it works. So anyways, this gentleman's walking around with his cart full of shit, and I, I start off with the customer service. Not only do I start in with the customer service, I sick a bunch of my coworkers on him to do the same thing. Hey, sir, is there anything we can help you find today? All while we're walking away thinking, you fucking asshole, you're going to steal that shit, and we know it. It's a problem. And, and, and the best way to handle it is just by being cordial, being pleasant, being nice, and giving great customer service. Now, the company's idea on this is that if the, if the employee keeps harassing the person, it lets them know that they're being watched, right? While great in theory, the thing that I've learned is most of them know that we can't do shit anyways. And so they just walk right out the door. But sometimes when these people are all fucked up on their shit, when they're strung out, they don't think like that. They get paranoid. Now, 90 times out of 100, people will pack up and walk the fuck out. They don't want to deal with us, so they leave the shit behind and we're forced to put it all away. Also, I just got to let you know, the way it is for most stores at least for the stores that I've worked for, you get an incentive for stopping a shoplifter. The bigger the order, the better the incentive, right? I believe for both companies that I worked for, it was 10%. So you get 10% commission on what you stop out the door up to a thousand, if I remember correctly. Um, I managed to make that commission a couple of times um, it was always really nice. I liked making the commission because, you know, it's a little extra spending cash. So the way that the way that it goes down is that this guy, I notice him and we just start we start hitting him hard with the customer service. Anything we can help you find, sir. And finally, he gets irritated and targets me and he starts just getting in my on my case. Why you got to be following me, man? And I'm sitting here like, I, you know, I'm just doing my job, sir. I'm giving you good customer service. He goes, no, you're not. You're following me. I know what you're doing. And my response is, well, I apologize, sir. But I mean, if I didn't think you were suspicious before, I fucking do now. I, obviously, I didn't say the F word, giving the good customer service. I never really cussed while I was on the clock at work. Um... I'm not going to deny having a foul mouth in the break room and in the smoking area, but but uh, while I was on the clock and on the floor, never. Very important to keep my self-preservation and my job intact. However, uh, this, this particular character, he just carries on yelling and screaming at me, being paranoid, being being all messed up and just, just strung out on his drugs. He's mad because I've stopped him from stealing effectively, you know, what I'm pretty sure is about three grand worth of shit. And he knows it, right? The jig is up. It's time to leave. And he just goes, you know, do you have any advice so that I can be just like you? And my response was, uh, you know, pretty decent response. When you have problems, 
you know, facing them head on might not necessarily be the best in your case. This place might be a trigger for you to continue being who you are. Maybe packing your bags and getting out of, you know, getting out of the state, going to a different place might be in your finer interest. It might help you. You know, you go seek help. You don't want to be who you are. I can tell. You want to be better. You want to be healthy. You want to be clean. And this dude gives me this look that just says everything I need to know, which is you're right. But he doubles down because he's on fucking drugs and starts getting even louder. And he's like, you don't even know. I always try to escape the city, but it's like the Truman Show, which, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie, great movie. Jim Carrey, phenomenal acting on that one. Did a great job there. If you're listening in, by the way, I super appreciate it, Jim. I I doubt you are, but if you are, I super appreciate it. It's a wonderful film. Short story long, as I have to explain to the guy, there's no wall or barricade that stops you from leaving the city. The only wall or barricade that stops you from leaving the city is you. You can make your own choices. You are independent and you have free will. You are what stops you from leaving the city. And at this point, the guy yells at me, I'm going to fucking kill you. And he just walks out. He walked out. He left, man. I couldn't believe it. But hey, this is part of the game when you work in retail. You just kind of have to understand that people are a lot of bark and a whole little bite. But there are people with bite and you need to be wary. All right. Let's talk about some other fun junkie stories that I can think of. I remember at one point having to go to my manager, and this isn't just at one point, but it's having to go to the manager and explain, you know, I had to shut down the bathroom. Why? Well, I believe there's a body in there. What happened? Junkie? Oh no. Oh yes. And they'd call up an aid car. And I was one of the ones who was lucky enough never to find a dead body. Um, But it has happened in my store. Somebody OD'd in the bathroom. And it makes it really sad. Again, it's another reason I tell people not to use grocery store bathrooms, man. Public restrooms in general are just kind of cringeworthy to me. And boy, howdy, do, do 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 the fine folks who love the heroin and the meth like to go shoot up in those stalls. They like to smoke in those stalls too. And it's, it's tricky, you know? Um, I can't tell you how many times I had to clean blood off of the wall from where some dumbass missed the vein, you know? Start spraying blood everywhere. Uh, I've, I've walked in on multiple accounts to see it just covered in blood. Uh, they clog the toilets near constantly because they flush their needles and their packages from their stolen goods. Uh, and it just, it just made it super tricky to keep a clean restroom. Those places are far dirtier than you think, so you need to keep an eye out. It makes it really fucking tricky, man. It makes it hard to work when you have to think about what you're going to find when you step into that restroom to do its hourly cleaning check. I always found that to be brutal. The last guy I'm going to talk about before I hop off today is not, uh... He's not a junkie, but he's definitely one of those pieces of trash that makes you think, like, 
You are the way that you are because you refuse to change who you are. And this, weirdly enough, had nothing to do with drugs, but he almost acted like a junkie, enough for me to want to include him in this group of people. I'm going to call him Flannel Man because I don't want to use his actual name. I do know his first name. I don't know his last name. But he was dreaded. Most of the people that worked in the store for a long enough period of time began to realize what a piece of shit Flannel Man was. And the story I'm going to tell takes place over the course of about six months. I'd started working for the company that I was working for, and I noticed Flannel Man washing himself in the sink, which, to me, no big deal. It's just kind of part of living in a city that's so helpful to the homeless. You're kind of used to seeing it. And thinking nothing of it and being the sweet, doe-eyed boy that I was when I first started out at the company, it, uh, it occurred to me that it was winter, and this man's jacket was ripped, his pants were ripped, his shoes were ripped, and I wanted to go buy him a nice set of clothes. And instead of uh, doing that, I, I, didn't, I didn't have the money to get him what I wanted, but I gave him a $25 gift card and said, you know, feed yourself and see if you can get yourself something a little warmer than what you got, you know, caring about his well-being. In the next couple of weeks, everything appeared to go fine. He was, you know, himself. Also, I might note that it was suspicious to me because... You know, I wished him a Merry Christmas. I know I'm one of those people. I said the this, this, the Merry Christmas word, you know. Um, I should have said Happy Holidays. Uh, I'm more on the holiday standpoint. I, I like all of the holidays. They're nice. You know, Christmas is definitely one of those. And Happy Holidays to me is an accurate term. It might not be what one person of one religion wants to hear, but it's certainly conducive to people of many religions, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm an inclusive fellow, as it were. So, you know, I wish him a happy holiday, and he doesn't really respond back to me. He doesn't really say anything. And I take it for he's choked up because nobody's really nice to him. Oh boy, I couldn't be more wrong. You start noticing things about people after a period of time. One particular day, I go to do my job, which is clean the restroom, and Flannel Man is holding shit up. And normally, I wouldn't have cared, but I'm like, hey, I, all I gotta do is check to make sure the toilet paper's there. And Flannel Man starts yelling and screaming at me at the top of his lungs. And this is the moment that changed everything for Flannel Man. Now, when Flannel Man decides to turn and scream at me, it shows me that Flannel Man is no longer in the group of people that I'm going to choose to care about. Flannel Man is the type of person that needs a different course. And I start paying closer attention to the actions of Flannel Man, and Flannel Man is an asshole. I notice him more and more taking advantage of people. I uh, caught him stealing uh, rain checks for items and writing his own rain checks for various different items, forging cashier names. Uh, just in general, being a 
fucking asshole piece of shit. And so, you know, the best way to deal with Flannel Man was to ignore him and wait for him to get kicked out of the store. And when that finally happened, it was a great day. It was like my store was finally free of this piece of shit. But he made his way back. He came back. Um, and it just continued to be a problem. But, you know, eventually, as far as I can tell, he just kind of disappeared. I think he got tired of everybody realizing what a monstrous piece of shit he was. And so he booked off for another, uh, another store of the same um, company. All right, well, with all of that, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, I want to thank you for choosing Anchor.fm. I want to thank you guys for choosing to listen to me on Spotify. Again, like and share this with all your friends if if it meant anything to you. Um, Help me get the word out there because, you know, without uh, listeners like you, I couldn't keep doing this. So, again, you have my thanks. Stay safe out there. Remember the world's on cut fire and there's the COVID. So, yeah. All right. Have a great night. And uh, we'll talk again tomorrow. Thanks for choosing the Blue Collar Talk Show.